and I was having an internship at at my you know company and stuff. I I, had, I hadn't been I hadn't even graduated college yet, so it was college. It was internship, and the Friday of that Evo, I'm sitting with my girlfriend at Taco Bell, and I'm like, I think I could win this, and she's like, All right, let's go. the absolute guard podcast welcome this is episode 36 my name is benny and as always i'm joined by my co-host john who What's recently up? told me that he's not going to play any more team-based games is that correct i am not um there is just something about my mental stack and me wanting to just focus on an, a, a single character and i think uh there's a lot of debate about like you know which which style like fits each individual person best um and we've had a lot of i've had a lot of like friends throughout the years that have actually stuck with team games and uh one of those is actually on our show right now um i'm gonna go ahead and bring on skills that kills what's up what's up how's it going man hey what's good um everything is good right now the world the state (laughs) of the world and the state of hitbox and the fighting game community is good right now that's actually why i I skipped a lot of our intro banter because i figured we were going to end up talking about hitbox uh and the latest news in the community (laughs) yes Um, sir and i my understanding is you have a strong opinion about it i have a strong opinion about it and let's see if we align (laughs) yeah no certainly yeah so to catch up our viewers on the current state of the of hitbox in the fighting game community, or specifically leverless controllers, that's the scientific term that we've used nowadays. Um, leverless controllers have the ability to press up and down and left and right all at the same time. Um, there are special rules uh, for left and right that have been agreed upon uh, by the fighting game community for uh, about 10 years now, uh, in that if you press left and right at the same time, it... it uh, sends a neutral signal uh, and they basically basically cancel each other out. Um, that same debate occurred for up and down recently. Um, and right now the current, uh, rather the standard over the past 10 years has been up and down uh, pressed together equals up. Um, and there was recently a ruling from Capcom for the 2023 CPT season uh, that says that if you press up and down, your controller should actually send neutral instead. Um, that that basically creates um, a a new learning curve for hitbox users. It uh, adds a, a layer of complexity to the different in- input shortcuts that uh, are now uh, possible with this new format. And most importantly, in my opinion, um, it it uh, it basically forces any current leverless controller that you can buy like off the free market with a uh, it makes all those leverless controllers out of compliance with the current uh, with the Capcom Pro Tour. So uh, the answer for the community um, is to work with your hardware manufacturer to provide um, a firmware update 
uh, that will allow you to be in compliance to those rules. I try to say that in the least biased way possible. Does anybody have anything to add as far as like news goes and object objectively what happened in the past week? <laughs> uh, te technically, I think leverless is a, this is a semantic thing, but they technically have those things with like a D-pad and the buttons on them. So technically, that's also leverless. But I think okay. that it's like all button controllers, like what I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard all button controllers too. Um, ABCs. <laughs> I think that's a pretty interesting uh, acronym to use there. Um, so I'll go ahead and start with with my spicy take on it. Um, so number one, this is a. I believe that this is a a poor decision. Um, this ruling, what it does is by making up and down equal neutral, that seems like a small thing to the average fighting game player. And realistically, it kind of is. But to us hitbox players, um, it basically requires uh, us to relearn a lot of our combos. Um, it, it changes our movement. Uh, we won't be able to jump from crouching anymore. Um, there's I'm thinking about it from a Street Fighter lens. I think there's a lot of extra... Um, uh, implications from uh, a game with super jumps or air dashes in it as well. Um, luckily, those aren't impacted yet. I can't imagine what the impact is for for uh, a 3D fighter with a uh, Korean wave dashing and stuff too. Um, but at least for the Capcom side, like or for for the Street Fighter side specifically, uh, you won't be able to do perfect flash kicks anymore. So in the past, you could hold down and then you could tap up and kick at the same time while still holding down, which essentially means yeah. you can hit two, two directions at the same time. Um, and I, I believe that that's actually a worse, that's like a lesser of two evils thing. I think that people are trying to make the reasoning behind the ruling is to make it more fair. Um, and I get it and that there is an innate advantage uh, for hitboxes. It's just that I think that this ruling actually creates so many new shortcuts that it makes it's actually more unfair than if we had just left it alone. <laughs> so I'm all in favor of trying to come up with a solution that everyone in the community is happy with. I don't think this is, I think this is one, a solution that's going to piss off everybody. I think this solution pisses off hitbox users because they feel attacked and because um, they have to relearn a bunch of new things. And, and it's like a burden from a consumer standpoint of having to flash your firmware to be able to be in compliance with a tournament rule set um yeah and then uh on the other end of it like the folks that are actually saying that hey hitbox is unfair and we need to we need to find ways to nerf it this does not nerf it this makes it better <laughs> so no one's going to get what they want from this ruling in my opinion and we need to have a, a more honest conversation about that um yeah anyone else anyone else anyone else uh, want to weigh in <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i mean that that like i just started using a leverless controller recently um just something that I wanted to, to actually try to get used to. Um, personally, I don't think it's for me. So, like, I haven't really taken the time to learn a lot of those other shortcuts, like, um, other than, like, you know, messing around with, like, the dulcet tele instant teleports and stuff like that, like, trying to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I figured out how to do that. So, uh, but other than that, like, yeah, I, I hadn't really messed around too many, too much with the, like, the charge characters, like you mentioned, like, the perfect flash kick, like, you know, for me, like I was still, I wasn't trying to figure out how to use the shortcuts. I was still using the buttons discreetly, right? Like I would hold down and then I would let go and press up and do, you know, do the flash kick. And I was like, that's really like a weird kind of, kind of way to play. But I was just like, you know, the more I was learning about shortcuts, I was just like, oh, okay. So, you know, there are, you know, I knew about the advantages, like you said, like, you know, continuing to hold down 
Um, I've seen people on Twitter talk about that and they were, they were just like, you know, I didn't, I didn't agree with that from the beginning and, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that because, you know, that's an inherent advantage over somebody using a stick because, you know, you have to, you have to go through that motion literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, for, for me, for me personally, it doesn't impact me too much. Cause like I'm at the point right now where I'm kind of like deciding whether I want to even continue to learn this or just kind of have it on the side as something just to kind of mess with here and there. Okay. And you mentioned the hitboxes and you're coming to the conclusion that it's not for you. Um, do you have, is there like a particular like, uh, outstanding reason for that? Or like, could you elaborate on that further? Uh, it's just more like, I don't know. I just don't, I still, I'm still having trouble with just natural movement. Just like, just like movement in general. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just not something that's intuitive to me. And it's just, especially in fighting games. I think that's, that's probably the hardest thing. Like I could play, other kind of games on like a keyboard, you know, beat em ups where, you know, up is up, down is down. But like when it comes to the fighting games, like having a jump button really kind of just throws me off. And it just, sure. it's almost like having a block button in a way. Like I've played those games and it's just like a lot of times I don't end up playing defense unless I'm like in a really kind of forced situation. So I don't because know. It's, it's just, not intuitive, it's just, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's not intuitive to me in, in terms of like holding the button versus holding, you know, holding back the block. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, AJ, what about you? How do you think of the of hitbox currently in this current ruling? Or does it affect you? Or is it, or is it more um, like Benny where it's, it's less of an impact? Well, it I, I guess it doesn't affect me a ton because I, with this news, I am even less likely to play Street Fighter Six now. And this is the only game where this would matter, I think. Um, I think that it's a pretty anti-consumer or anti-player base ruling to have in a way that just it only serves to alienate the players right so the best case scenario is somebody comes out or what they're trying to do is somebody comes out with a, a cheater hitbox or whatever with uh you know up up plus down equals up right then you as a player you've got a snitch on that player you the onus is still on the other player to snitch yeah. on the other player and like potentially ruin whatever relationship they've got there and you know nobody ends up being happy about any of it i'm a hitbox player Mm. because i can't play on stick anymore i played on stick for 10 11 ish years or something like that um but between playing firebrand uh with with the wall cling fireballs my posture admittedly being pretty bad uh, um Mm. with it and then going super duper hard for power rangers battle for the grid training I can't I can't play on stick anymore. The inside of my forearm itches when I when I use stick. Like it's it's pretty bad. Um and Hitbox gives me a way to play these games, my favorite games without any pain. And if that means that I can't compete in certain tournaments because of it, that's fine. I'll I'll be hanging out on the side, I'll be playing casuals with my cheater controller or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just a simply it's it's simply a, a bigger step towards accessibility um, by including whatever controllers you can include. Uh, you know, a lot of these problems that they're talking about come from these shortcuts that mm-hmm. you're just able to do from software side, right? They they don't have to parse your inputs like that. You can make a, a flash kick, for example. That's the big one. Skipping from from down to up. Um, the argument is that that's not a flash kick, right? That you have to pass through neutral the game itself can just make you go through neutral, but instead they're putting like the debate on, on us and just to police each other and yell at each other. And I, I think, I think it's lazy. I think it's a bad implementation of SOD, SOCD rules and it's just not well thought out at all. 
Yeah, that's an interesting perspective you bring up in terms of us us policing each other, because it kind of like reminds me of the whole like somebody pauses and do you take the round kind of thing and putting the onus on the player, right? Like nobody wants to be put in that situation. Like if John pauses while we're playing, like, and then somebody, and then the TO comes to me and he's like, you want to take the round? And then it's just like, you know, I don't want that decision to be on me. Cause it's like, if I take the round, everybody's like, well, you didn't beat him fair and square. Whereas if I don't take the round and I lose, people will be like, you should have took the round. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be in that, in that position. Exactly. The whole point of the rules, the whole point of the rules is it acts as an impartial third party so that to, to like not put the onus on the players to basically, because you're basically pitting the players against each other at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, Well, they're already pitted against each other in the competitive environment anyway. But But, but beyond the integrity and stuff, it's, it's calling other people's integrity into question. Like imagine you think somebody's cheating and they're not. And like, (laughs) you know, they, they were completely abiding by the rules. Like that's, that's terrible. Right. Why would you take the gambit even? Yeah. Even, it even has an outcome on the match where like, um, like I was talking to a friend about this yesterday. Uh, if somebody like, if, if I have a hitbox that's in compliance and then somebody actually does pull that card on me and say, Hey, I, I think this guy's cheating. Let's bring over a TO. We'll validate it and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that because obviously I'll be in compliance, but that's data where like, okay, so I know that this person is potentially concerned about SOCD shortcuts impacting the outcome of the match. I'm going to open the game with like a bunch of dash shortcuts. <laughs> like, like that. I'm going to start with that just to, just to see if I can get an emotional response out of them. It's nothing. It's not like a, like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so badass that I'm just going to rub it in. It's more like, no, this, if, if this is a, if this is a, from a competitive standpoint, if I know this is a psychological, uh, advantage that I can have, I'm going to use yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, like it, it just, it's, it's too much. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of onus on the players to police each other. Um, it's still, <sighs> There's there's another side of this where like because I think where this argument got really uh, tangled on social media or on Twitter at least where everything's tangled um, was that you know this this everyone's just saying the software needs to change in order to uh, actually enforce these things um, but uh, I know for Street Fighter Six we validated this in the beta that they actually do have logic to do that cleaning and they want. They, do, they can control it from their end, but there are a bunch of hardware manufacturers out there that have firmware that forces a uh, an input out. So basically, if you press and hold down and up at the same time, it's not that the game is interpreting it incorrectly. It's that the, the hardware that you're holding is actually hard-coded to actually send out the up signal. And so like Capcom doesn't really have a way to balance around that unless, it's, unless they can get complete control. And I, I think... Uh, like from a software development standpoint, at least from my background, at least I've been in situations before where I've been like, okay, I, there's a problem that I need to solve. I'm going to code it this way and I'm going to try to fix it. Oh shit. It didn't solve the problem. It's actually a problem with an upstream issue with a vendor integration somewhere else. We need to go to that vendor and have them update their side. So that way we can have control again. That's a very common paradigm in software development. And so I don't like tinfoil hat. This is, this is Capcom trying to take control of it take control of their game and pull power away from the hardware manufacturers, which isn't inherently a bad thing. Um, but like pragmatic and from, from my read on this is that they were trying to solve this issue. They didn't figure out a way to, to solve it. They, they got stuck and this was the nuclear option. It was still the wrong answer in my opinion, but I can get it from a, from a development standpoint. I think I, I again, that, that's, that's my bias, but I'm like, 
they might it, it, it might not have anything to do with the consumers that's my point is that it's like what it's just these companies grappling with each other trying to say okay i want you to take take away your ability to influence our software um and just let us handle all of it and yeah. i think we as the consumers are caught in the middle because now we're the ones stuck updating firmware we gave money to these hardware companies and we gave money to these software companies to be able to have this yeah. experience you know yeah, and like AJ said, like I mean, it's just it's something that's only with applicable to Street Fighter Six, right? So I mean, people go to tournaments; they're not just playing Street Fighter Six. So your controller could be in compliance for Street Fighter Six, and then you got to go play something else where that's not the way the controller is supposed to work. And yep. Um, yep. like I saw from the, the, I think it was Brooke, like they they released a, an update for their stuff to make it compliant, but you have to go use the desktop and you know there's their software or whatever. And update it that way through the desktop and like that's super inconvenient right mm-hmm. um you know not everybody's going to have an elegant solution to doing that and that's not something where you as a player you know that's just another thing that you have to deal with now potentially or you know you just drop the game entirely and just like you know what this is the only game that's implementing this i'm just not going to play it because now it's causing me you know extra problems on the side yeah, bingo, bingo. Because again, like you said, it is only Street Fighter Six, right? Even beyond fighting games, you can play a fight stick in Rocket League, in League of Legends, <laughs> in Valorant. They don't care what controller you use because their software is is designed around um, all sorts of different controllers to be ex- as accessible as possible. You know, we have paradigms in the past or examples where they forced a certain kind of controller, right? There was the MK tournament when MK9 launched where everybody was forced ah. to play on the MK9 sticks. Yeah. And um, the feedback was almost entirely like, why are you making us do this? Half of the the scene, there's a whole modding community within the FGC that, that's uh, embracing the fact that you can do whatever you want with your controllers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter is the only game not just in fighting games, but in pretty well, maybe melee, but <laughs> <laughs> but in in most in most video games that is is enforcing some kind of controller ban or something like that, you know. And I again, I play on a modified cross up, which I'm holding up to the webcam right now, right. So this thing okay. out of the box has uh, really awesome firmware that lets me choose which SOCD things I use and whatnot. Oh, really? So this one, I don't have like normal SOCD on most of the time. I have last input priority, right? Oh, you have that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I usually have last input priority and stuff because a lot of the time I'm not using it to play fighting games. I'm using it for like platformers and stuff like that. And it just makes more sense to me, you know? Sure. Um, at least when I'm not playing fighting games and stuff. Even when I'm playing like Marvel 3, there's no rule against last input priority. In fact, most games totally allow you to use the last input priority, whatever SOCD you want, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. And um, and last input priority is worth noting. It, it ties into this uh, this hitbox debate too, because uh, or the, the Capcom ruling, because a common counter argument is that pad players can do it too. Um, you can pad player, like a, a PS4 pad has a D-pad and an analog stick. So you could theoretically um, hit left and right at the same time. Uh, and a hitbox would clean it and turn it into neutral. But the the actual stock Sony PlayStation pad will do last input, like AJ mentioned. Um, so you can actually do things like instant flash kicks or instant booms, even. Um, and that's something that even hitbox players can't do. The smart the smart thing that Street Fighter Six did do here was that they only allow you to use one set of directions at a time. As so in, you, as in, you can't use the D pad and the analog stick at the same time. 
yes, you have to map which directional thing you're going to use. So it's either got to be D-pad or it's got to be analog stick. Okay, that I did not know. Um, I guess, yeah, in the beta, people probably tested that out and were, were like, hey, I, if, you have, if they had a pad hooked up to it, they could tell if they pressed both at the same time, right? I think it was in the rules or something a long time ago, or, or mm-hmm. I saw it in the button check. That's just something that I, I thought was notable. I thought that was a clever solve, you know? Yeah, and again, Street Fighter Six does do down up input cleaning. Um, it's just that all of it, it, the game can't know the difference because all of our hitboxes send up. <laughs> uh, so like, there's all these like little instances where you could tell they thought about it. It's just that then they put this shitty rule on top of everything, <laughs> the shitty ruling on top of it. And if anything, this could even be like a translation issue where it's like. You know, you have Capcom, the esports side of Capcom, I believe, is primarily based out of America. And so they're trying to enforce it from their end. But the game itself is being developed in Japan. And so it could be just two departments not talking to each other. And they each have a solution to the problem, you know. And unfortunately, those those solutions butt heads with each other. And then we're the ones to pay the price as the players and the consumers. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. As as I read on Twitter, SOCD's nuts. yeah pretty much and my my other big issue with this and i i burned way too much mental and emotional energy on this issue over the past week um is that you know there still is that long-standing debate about whether or not leverless is fair um and i think that when you try to convey this argument to the masses you need like an infographic or like what brian f did with a youtube video and a like a photoshopped chart with like different like with different axes depending on which controller and then which which stitch scenario it was it was a there was a um a flow diagram or what was a a state diagram it was a state diagram and it's like you need that to explain it and so the average person is going to see socd and wonder what that acronym means and they're not going to know what the hell's going on they're just going to be like cheat box that's that's yeah. ultimately what it boils down to is is this thing fair? But it's easy to get obfuscated in these conversations about SOCD and is down up fair? What about what about uh, left right? Is that fair? And what about this particular shortcut? Well, if it, if I if I play whack a mole and I I kill this shortcut, then it creates this shortcut. Is that one fair? And then we keep having this existential debate because the whole time people are the people that like need to play like need to play on hitbox are like, hey, I. I need, just need to know if I can play my video game when we're having these philosophical debates about cheating. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that might be like especially poignant within the FGC, but like you're talking about the masses, right? The masses would be confused like, wait, I can't play this on my keyboard yeah. kind of thing. That's a good point too. Yeah, there's, yeah, like, there's, there's FGC layman and then there's actual like gamer layman too, right? Right. I mean, because this is like a, a keyboard is an all button controller, right? There's a lot of buttons on that thing. Yep. And yeah. that's, you know, you'd run into the exact same problems with, with the SOCD cleaning over there. Yep. Okay. Well, that's our, that's our hitbox debate. Again, that happened this past week. Um, and so yeah. we'll see how that evolves in the coming, in the coming weeks here. I personally think Capcom's going to reverse it. Um, another, another good opportunity would be leave it, let it rock, but then patch street fighter, uh, street fighter six to, uh, resolve to up as well so that way it doesn't change for the people um and that also you know removes the necess- necess- necessity for a firmware update too um okay or change the flash kick motion change the flash kick motion to have to include neutral or include a different direction in between it same thing with sonic booms you could do that yeah that's a good call mm-hmm. 
That's a good call. I, I, a counter argument I saw from a stick user, actually, somebody who doesn't feel hitbox is fair, is that it's actually possible to go down up on stick and not go to neutral. You just got to be really fast. And so that person who was defending stick was like, don't nerf that because then you nerf stick too. And you can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> can't have that. You can't nerf stick. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, I get, I get toxic when I go I go on the Twitter and I argue with people about this bullshit, and this is what happens. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just forcibly move us on from a different topic. Um, yeah. So it's been a while since we've had uh, a guest on the show that hasn't been on the show before. Uh, AJ, this is your first show, and as, just as like a tradition, we always kind of try to do like a biography segment. Um, so uh, first and foremost, uh, where did your gamer tag come from? It came from the movie Dodgeball. Um, there's a team called Skills Dat Kills in, in one part mm-hmm. of the movie. Terry Crews is on the team Skills Dat Kills. And I heard that name and I'm like, man, you really wouldn't want to lose to someone named Skills Dat Kills. Especially like a <laughs> tiny Asian kid like named Skills Dat Kills. So I figured that just yeah. add to their mental stack and, and Art of War give me an advantage you know, we were talking nice. about psychological advantages earlier. Yeah. That's that's one way to do it, man. And, and you mentioned was there. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned being a little Asian kid. So, uh, uh, what? How old were you when you started playing fighting games? Well, you know, I was really little at like the Chris Town lanes and stuff at the bowling alley and stuff, playing Marvel Two, MK Four, and stuff. Uh, but when I really got into it, would probably be middle school or so with street fighter four ish uh to 2010 is when i got there competitively but i'd say i was playing since since middle school oh nine ish maybe okay very cool so i think you might actually be one of the younger people on our on our show i think about it sorry benny yeah Yeah, i was gonna say just briefly going back to your tag like so before skills that kills was there something was there another tag that you were using before that that people might know you by I use this since I I was like a, a young kid. Okay. So. Yeah. So I I went under different names under certain certain other games or something like that. But yeah, skills that kills was early. It was very early. Skills pays right. bills on Xbox. If I couldn't get skills that kills, other people <laughs> might have the same idea. I remember that because I couldn't do skills. Couldn't do skills. It had to yeah. be skills. <laughs> that's great that's great yeah skills pays bills uh any any variation of that i guess i'm sometimes like that chips that rips (laughs) too much too much dip on your chip (laughs) (laughs) all right so what uh well like when did you decide you were going to start playing competitively again yeah um i got into fighting games that on that side watching the adventures of, of mike ross and gutex ah, um, okay. yeah cross counter and stuff that it was it was really really cool i thought i thought it was hilarious even though i wasn't like a big street fighter fan i didn't even have the game at that point eventually it did inspire me to like play it a little bit more but mm-hmm. the first game where i thought that i could have a chance maybe competitively was was in in marvel vs. capcom 3 vanilla even um, and even then, I didn't think I'd do super well, but I went to Devastation and I did better than I thought, you know, I cool. uh, got, got to like losers finals in my pool. And in casuals, I was like a 
destroying people. I had like a hundred game win streak. No exaggeration. It was pretty insane, actually. Nice. And that was probably your first like taste of the of of the competitive like sw- like the, the sweet spot of being com- being uh, being competitive, where like you're running a streak on a station somewhere, where like in, in an event with a bunch of other enthusiasts of the same thing that you like. You know, that's such such a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, funny story about that is I had been part of the AZ fighting game uh, Shoryuken page mm-hmm. back back in the day. So there were these legends out there. There was this guy Saber Three. You know Saber that guy. <laughs> this guy Saber Three, <laughs> the hunter of milfs. You know, and he, he was you know a legend. You had mm-hmm. some Samuji guy played zero and stuff like that. And I was like, I can't hang with any of those guys. Those guys are insane. Oh, and man. I was, I, I beat some people and I was like taking rounds off of people. It was insane. I had no idea that actually everyone is pretty mortal. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's like a big, uh, a big reality about the community side of it in general, like not just skill wise, but also like you start kind of, uh, realizing that these are just normal people. And then like, they like the same things that you do. Like, I remember I had like a, uh, I was like intimidated by Scott for a while. Uh, Saber three, the person we're talking about is Scott, who has been on our show (laughs) numerous times. Um, I think, um, I think we've done an episode more. I think we, I I think he's still played fighting games for, uh, wait, what am I trying to say? We've done 36 episodes. I think he's done. Yeah. He's played, been playing fighting games longer than 36 years. <laughs> like one episode per year. I was trying to make, get there with that joke. I didn't get there. Um, but yeah, I, I had like a, almost like a, I was intimidated by him because I just, I didn't treat him like a normal person. I just, I always thought he was like a celebrity and you know, nowadays with esports and whatnot, some people actually are like that, but at least locally yeah. in our Arizona scene, I found out that like a lot of people are just they're just human beings like behind this behind the stream and all the the veneer and, and even the competitive fighting game side of it we're just like once you once i started treating people like like normal people and that just like the same thing that i like i was like this is this is the community <laughs> that i was looking for they're friends instead you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's easy it's easy to get that kind of uh celebrity status in a way because like i said like you know i'm, I'm me being from alaska like that was one of the the points, uh, big points for me, like coming down to Arizona. It was just like the more I found out about certain players that that lived here or were playing here, and I found out Saber was here. I found out Mr. SNK was here. I found out Latif was here, and I'm just like, I'm going to a place where those guys are like, you know, the top players here. Like that, that was huge to me. Like I didn't really feel intimidated by them, which is I didn't you know. I find it funny like they can use that word for them. But <laughs> like I didn't really feel intimidated by them. It was just more just like. I guess it was more kind of like in awe, kind of just like, oh man, I'm going to be playing with people of these of these skill levels that I've seen on streams and stuff, and I'm on the national level, that kind of that kind of thing. One of the reasons why I went to Devastation was to get my stick signed by some of my favorite players: Gutex, Mike Ross, Marn, and Juicebox Abel. Ah, <laughs> all three, all of them were in attendance that year. If I recall correctly, yes. was, was this a 2010? And yipes, uh, the. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. 2010 sounds right on the money though. Okay. Yeah. 2010 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I, you know, I think, um, Lorenzo also got his, his start at, at devastation, maybe at that same tournament, uh, for blaze blue. So it's, yeah, he might've won blaze blue. Yeah, he did. I yeah. think he did. Win that blaze I think, I think yeah. he was doing pretty good already by that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it was, a if I'm not mistaken. One, I can't remember. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you cool. mentioned Marvel 3, and then yes. the the game that I think a lot of people probably know you most for is the Power Rangers, uh, what's it? Uh, Battle for the Grid. Yeah. Battle for the Grid, that's what it is, yeah. And you are a two-time Evo champ, as you were corrected me in the chat last week. Is that correct? Two-time world champ, I guess, because okay. Evo would count as like one of the world championships and then the other one was the the league finale and stuff so yeah i'd be i'd be the two-time only official world champ nice so cool (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) i remember just like um it just going back to marvel briefly i remember um because during evos like i would compile like a list of like results for all of the local players and i would post it in the in the az group and I remember, like, you know, I had, I had, there was people on my mind, I like people that I, that I knew of. And then that was the, one of the years that Mar, uh, Angelic got third. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I had posted all those results. And then I don't know if it was you that commented or somebody else. And they were just like, oh, so and so got 25th. And I'm like, what? And so I had to put you in the list too. And I was just like, oh man, like, I didn't know that we had another player that was like, you know, that was up, you know, near the top 32 kind of thing. So that was, that was really kind of, revealing for me yeah that's something i was kind of like used to in the community for arizona because i couldn't come out all that much but i would consistently perform kind of high-ish maybe top three or so sometimes maybe i i I dip or something like that but that's been a consistent kind of placing and yet nobody ever has my name like in in their head (laughs) about any game you know um especially for marvel 3 i never made it to any of the arizona curly mustaches i wasn't on team hazmat i wasn't on any of those um really the local scenes and i wasn't really even approached for those things so it kind of gave me a chip on my shoulder i gotta show those guys you know yeah yeah i feel like we're kind of i i mentioned this prior to the us starting the taping of the show but we're kind of doing like a reunion thing here because um i was part of that that group um and i remember at least initially why we didn't approach you for a lot of those things and it was as simple as because you were a minor at the time um I remember being like for curly mustache in particular that that one was because we were like uh, actually were you a minor at that time you might not have been i don't remember i was a minor, <laughs> I, I was a minor for most of these so again like to okay. make the timeline a little clearer i was in middle school and stuff when i started but most of of the marvel stuff was high school and early college and stuff so yeah got it yeah i, I remember specifically we were like what about aj well it might be kind of hard because he's a minor <laughs> we're you know we're putting up money and stuff for it um i I like I, I remember that pretty well. Like just in general, like you were more restricted as far as like like late night training sessions or um, uh, practice sessions in general because of uh, like something as simple as like needing to get a ride, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I kind of I'm bummed out that we didn't like include you more uh, in hindsight. Um, it, I, it was I, absolutely for the best. It's actually insane that I did half the things I did as a minor. i actually so for evo and stuff i did get to go to evo basically unattended and chaperone as a minor just running around vegas in random (laughs) rooms knocking knocking on hotel doors for money matches and stuff if i were in in your guys position or if i were in the position of of you know being a dad to somebody who would would be doing this i could not imagine yeah. me letting my kid do the things that I did. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Especially for somebody that doesn't like, you know, parents that don't necessarily understand like 
what it is that you're doing. Like, you know, I don't know how your parents were, but I know I initially, like, when... And this is even when I'm an adult, right? And I was like, hey, I'm going to go to my first EVO in 2011. And I was like, they're like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, I'm going there to play games. And my parents thought I was gambling. And they're like, oh, you better watch out with your, you know, spending your money gambling. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm playing video games. I'm playing Street Fighter. <laughs> like, you know, so to... Like you said, to have have a minor literally, you know, going from room to room, just talking to online strangers and stuff, meeting people for the first time, like that's that's a <laughs> that's a crazy thing to go through. Yeah, and e there's one end where you don't know anything about it. Then there's the other end where you know all of it. And like, what if your kid came up to you and was like, "Man, this guy from Japan has been talking smack about my dalsim, and I need to show him what's <laughs> up. I need to play him for a hundred dollars." You'd be like, "No." <laughs> yeah, so that's a very simple yeah I mean, especially if you're a minor it's like no that's yeah. my money <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to lend you that money you got a hundred dollars for what yeah g asked you if g asked you if you wanted to do a dragon ball fighters money match would you would you would you uh would you put it up for him benny i don't know one, one it would depend on the amount and then two i would need to kind of do a brief assessment of his skills like i'd have to like i'd have to like maybe have him run through a gauntlet with some of the locals and like let me see if you're really up for this are you, are you just like you know are you just wanting to do this just to do it like that's yeah, nobody batted in an eye i was running around just money matching folks <laughs> you know <laughs> You put your son through a kuvite to get to, to like prove that he could play a play a buddy match. Oh, it like reminds that. me of that scene that 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 uh, show Arrested Development where uh, the, the the dad's trying to teach his kids a lesson. and He just hires a crisis actor, and the guy <laughs> like the crisis actor constantly loses his arm, and it's like that's why you leave a note. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know. Man. I was like, I, I've never I've never been put up to that kind of situation. That'd be that'd be definitely interesting. If he was like, yeah. I saw somebody, or I played somebody online, and they were talking trash. And I found out they're going to be at Evo. <laughs> they want a money, you know, I want a money match. And I'm like, what? I, yeah. I, I maybe I projected on projected it on you as a kid when we were younger, AJ. But like, I always ha was really curious about how your strict Asian parents were handling half the shit that we did as Marvel players. Like, because I didn't just, <laughs> I just didn't tell my parents about most of that stuff. And I know for a fact that they freaked out once they found out about a couple things. Like I, I threw a bar fights event and there yeah. were questions about whether or not I was organizing illegal, illegal fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. What is bar fights? You know? Uh, no, I remember I was asking, Hey dad, can I go to this? It's at a bar and it's called bar fights. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know <laughs> um as far as asian parents go my parents are pretty great you know so that's it's not like a hundred percent of the way but it's like hey go do your thing but make sure the rest of everything is taken care of as well yeah cool. um and obviously it, it gets a little bit different later after the power rangers battle for the grid thing yeah. but yeah i mean i wasn't making or losing any crazy money during that time so just the fact that they were like yeah go to vegas alone as a teenager you know yeah. great that's as good as that got well for historical documentation i will say as somebody who lives through that the marvel era at least and we'll get to the power rangers one because you're definitely really decorated there i want to find out a couple more things about that era but for the marvel side at least i did consider you within the top echelon of players for for marvel versus capcom 3 um like in hindsight i think at the time i was really young and uh, i was constantly talking shit um and i thought i was better than you but i do believe by the end of it you were 
you eclipsed me. And then nowadays, like, I, I don't think I can touch you in, in that game. Um, so good <laughs> well, shit, man. You stuck with it. <laughs> I, I mean, so the my, my results were I at first I, I got to losers finals of Evo. I, again, I didn't get to go out to many tournaments, but I got to losers finals of Evo, I believe, in 2014, 2015. I got top 48. 2016, I got top 32. And 2017, I lost to a stick malfunction, and I'm still salty to this day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's um, maybe but, that's why but, you play but, Hitbox now. <laughs> that's part of it. I don't know if you remember my janky sticks and stuff, but I had some pretty janky sticks back in the day. Was one of them homemade? I can't remember. None of them were homemade per se. They were always re remember. I talked about that stick that I got signed. I was pretty much using yeah. that stick the whole time, but I I changed out the cord. I'd cut the cord and I'd splice the cords together. Right. Okay. One time I went to a, a has local and it just sat at the wrong angle and it started smoking. Um, it started <laughs> smoking. Yeah, uh, it might have been surge. Like, hey, dude, your stick smoking kind of. Deal. Like, you know, <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. Oh man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, you must have crossed power with something then. <laughs> I absolutely did because I I won't even get into how those things were wired and stuff. But yeah, obviously that was going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that when you were playing at your most and you were at your most uh, sweaty and try hard at that game, you were you were definitely <laughs> a lot better than me. I, I wasn't I was never like super good at the game. I think looking back on it, I think it's hard because you have to consider power level relative to everybody else. But the skill level back then was quite low. Just looking back on, on the replays, comparing it to now sure. average damage of a combo is much lower. Um, yeah. Just the general understanding wasn't as much. So it was everybody's ability to grasp the game quicker than, than me. I, I definitely did grasp it as fast as you guys did. Um, and that's a, a whole other skill, you know, in itself to just, adapt yourself to to a new game or something like that it, there's also like a group meta that comes into play like like exactly our, our, our yes. resource consumption for marvel 3 changed once we figured out that we could kill a character in one combo right uh but prior to that we like we relied on dhc glitch we relied on resets and then that in turn changed our x factor usage our bar usage and changed the flow of the match drastically versus nowadays where it's refined to like you get three and a half guesses or three guesses and you're done, <laughs> you know, if you do it right. Um, and it's, I, I, I think the, the group meta back then was just figure out how much damage you could do and then get out of dodge. So that way you don't get like mashed out somehow, you know? Um, but then over right. time, people like you yourself figured out, you pioneered new ways to reduce the amount of player exchange. And we're like, what if I just unblockably <laughs> with Firebrand? Yeah. Or, you know, what if I use these log trap techniques or the the wall cling stuff with Firebrand, right? Like, um, we yeah. I, I there's a the, the downside of people that lean on experience. I think uh, compared to someone coming in fr fresh and green is that the the experience can also result in uh, biases out of the gates, and then we had, like. Oftentimes, experienced players are the ones that have a harder time picking up a new game. Like a lot of the Marvel 2 players uh, didn't really take to Marvel 3 out of the gates. I don't think there were very many in our local Arizona scene that actually stuck with Marvel 3 and continued to play it competitively after Vanilla. Um, but then there was this other like mid-generation, which was my generation, of people that had experience with a fighting game before, but not a Marvel game. And then we took to 3. Um, and then you represented the next generation after that 
which was a whole new that blew my mind in general because I didn't I always was used to being the youngest in the room um <laughs> and you guys have a completely different way of looking at things um like like how again like how you approached Marvel was very drastically different than how I approached Marvel or how uh, a lot of people like uh someone from Saber's generation approached Marvel um and I think that you guys changed the game for the better in the long run. <laughs> I remember how we played. I remember the low level. I remember the low level. I watched some <laughs> some videos of it recently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying um, to get there. Trying to get there. Trying to get back. Uh, I, I've been waxing nostalgia about Marvel, but I, I do want to talk about Power Rangers a little bit. So, you know, two-time world champ uh, mm -hmm. here. So, Evo, uh, how big was the tournament that you won in Evo? Oh man. So that's the story about that game is that it's very small. You know, I think okay. that that tournament probably the, the Evo tournament probably only had man, maybe 40, 60, 40 to 60 something players. Actually, it might've been higher. Might've been yeah. higher. It might've been 60 to hundred actually. Uh, if you include some of the DQ people, but then once everybody DQ'd and stuff, it probably went down to 40 to 60 or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was like really funky rules. So this was this was a fever dream. This was literally insane. I can't believe that any of the Evo stuff happened. I had been an online warrior in Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, a game that most of you guys have not heard about, right? I, I just, I saw the game and I thought, wow, that looks bad. Let me play it, right? And it turned <laughs> out to be... I, I, it turned out to be an amazing game over the course of, of time, but and maybe one of my favorites of all time. And then Evo comes around and, and the side event comes up and it's run by cross counter um, okay. prior to a certain event where, you know, a, cer a certain leader of, of that organization might not be in good standing with everybody. But, you know, at that time, <laughs> it, 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 it meant something. And it was for like a couple hundred bucks or something like that. And I was having an internship at at my you know company and stuff. I I hadn't been I hadn't even graduated college yet, so it was college. It was internship, and the Friday of that Evo, I'm sitting with my girlfriend at Taco Bell, and I'm like, I think I could win this, and she's like, All right, let's go. So <laughs> I'm so as I'm you know crumpling up my crunch wrap wrappers and stuff and throwing away i'm trying to book like an airbnb to to get over there that night and and we found a cheap enough one that was open I, i'm cycling through all of them because who takes last minute bookings this person accidentally left their place up by mistake and i and i slid in oh so <laughs> yeah and i and i okay. slid in there yeah <laughs> so this is really like like a like a uh chance of fate here <laughs> yeah it led to this okay and it's wow. nighttime. So we we head to the gas station. We get all the supplies that we think we need for this trip. Hey, mom and dad, we're going to go to Vegas for the weekend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> AJ thinks he's going to win a video game tournament. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to win a video game tournament. I, I wouldn't even say I'm going to win, right? I'm, it, You know, my parents weren't strict, but they were always really brutal with their roast and stuff. Did you win? No. Oh yeah, yeah the, like always. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Still got the Asian parents in them then. Okay, yeah, <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit of it. So I'm I'm gonna go play this video game on the weekend. They're like, oh okay, just like high school. 
And so I went, I went down to Evo and it's in the middle of the night. We're really tired. There, a deer popped up in the middle of the road while we were both like drowsy and stuff. And, you know, that gave us a jolt to kept us awake through this long drive to Vegas. We make it to the Airbnb. She had to call her neighbor because she wasn't there to, to clean everything up. We make it there safe and sound. And the next day, I had to register like on site or maybe I would, I registered in the car or something. <laughs> uh, the Saturday bracket of it, I, I, I run through everybody in casuals. Nobody can touch me. Right. And the first game is somebody who doesn't play the game. Right. Uh, it, their name is Jacko, man. They're actually a pretty big name oh, yeah. in the Marvel community. The Marvel. Yeah, definitely. You know, and he's, he's just happy to be there. Yeah, and I'm happy to see him, happy to play him, obviously. And, my buttons are wrong. First game. My buttons are wrong. And he takes the game off of me. He's the first person to take a single game off of me because my buttons are wrong and it's in tournament. <laughs> Your hot streak yeah. ended. <laughs> Dude, I was tilted. At the worst time, man. At the I was worst absolutely time. tilted. Yeah, that whole run was insane because there, there was like, like a really toxic community member who only went there to play battle Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, you know? Okay. And his name is Evan. He was, he'd scream stuff and he's, he'd say stuff that I can't repeat on here. It's just, it's pretty gross, you know? Okay. Um, in the spirit of Marvel, generally, he's gotten in trouble. He's gotten banned, in fact, for, for this kind of thing, as a lot of folks have been, you know, he's gotten banned for some pretty horrible, insensitive comments, but he was, he was at that tournament and he was probably, the the main threat i'd say that i had um see there, yeah your storyline even has a heel involved <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there's like side quests and stuff like i i went there and gx from the japanese communities there and there's this whole other side storyline about the arkansas scene because the arkansas scene is randomly good at battle for the grid right really there, okay yeah and they had been we'd been talking about on discord that they have the arkansas tech <laughs> they, you you will not be able to mess with the Arkansas tech, and no one believed them. No one knew anything about it. We get there, and it's an Arkansas player versus GX from Japan, and the Arkansas tech is essentially it, it forces you certain characters into situations where they cannot tech throws, and you can loop it. So, oh, he, okay. he he gets a reset on Udana from uh, from GX's Udana throws him, and and GX is like teching. Next time throws him again gx looks down money <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Okay. laughs> just wow gets yeah he he completely gets drained he had no idea what happened to him because we can't talk to the japanese people they have no idea about the arkansas tech you know <laughs> yeah usually it's the japanese doing that back to us that's that's interesting hearing that because it I was guess, arkansas yeah it was arkansas <laughs> <laughs> yeah of all places yeah you know who get a kick out of that story is jeff i think uh, because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the um, the older like Street Fighter Two guys, you know, they have that the memory of going to Japan, and then uh, or like the Japanese coming over and showing them things that they just like didn't even think were possible in the game. And I think he would be tickled pink to hear that you know generations of fighting game players later that shit is still happening. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, hit him with the Arkansas tech. And he hits him with the Arkansas tech. I'm like, oh my God. 
I, I remember hearing about that, that there is a, that there's like a, a throw reset loop. Uh, that's, I didn't know that you couldn't tech the throw. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, it's a really obscure glitch that was in the beginning of the game. And, and, and eventually I end up beating that Arkansas player, okay. you know, and I get to Evan who I, I'm in, I'm in winter side of the bracket, by the way, I, I get to Evan who is pumped, you know, he's pumped. He starts ripping off his shirt. And, and sitting on his chair in a way where his feet are like on the bottom of the chair and he starts talking mad smack, you know, controller in hand. And, and I am terrified huh. at this point. My me mental game is not that great. It's, it's okay. It's weathered, but it's not great, you know? And he's yelling during game. I'm going to grab your little ass. I'm going to get inside like, <laughs> crazy. Okay. Actually insane. But he keeps doing it. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's when he's going to come in. So he's, he goes, I'm going to grab your little ass. And then I counter hit him on the way in with, with crouch short. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. Like an actual boss. It was, it was actually insane. Right? <laughs> like he was, a, he, was he was saying his work. Like, yeah, like, like a video. It, it was like, like an, an actual a 90s boss video fight. game boss. It was a yeah, like boss like voice like, acting. Yeah, yeah. Like giving away his tell, like his pattern. <laughs> yeah, like before. And, and then I, because... At first, you're like, "Oh my god, I can't lose this guy." Yeah, and yeah. then, and then, it's oh, it's a pattern. Like he's <laughs> he's a video game boss, and he's a fan of Mega Man, which is so ironic, right? I was but, gonna say he sounds like a Mega Man X six boss, like with the he, shitty voice acting and like a really stupid pattern. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Each time, each time you do it. And then that's how I beat him. And that's how I got to the grand finals that come to find out grand finals is in the esports arena at the Luxor. So my name <laughs> TTSDK is on the Luxor pyramid. <laughs> Wait, it was on the Luxor pyramid. It was on the Luxor pyramid. TTSDK versus that? Arkansas smoke max. It's somewhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that's I'll tight. That. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's and so cool. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. The, a bunch of weird stuff happens, and Gutex is up there for like hours, and uh, no one knows what he's talking about. And, and, and then we, <laughs> it was weird. It was supposed to be like a twenty-minute intro. Weird, weird time. Weird time. We finally okay. go out there, and I, it's a, the grand finals is first to five. I win five zero. I win five zero. Everyone's going crazy in the crowd, and then the lights go dark. And a guy in a Power Rangers costume comes to the stage. He <laughs> unmasks himself, and it's Clockwork, who who had been working on the game. Right, right. And he takes away my trophy and challenges me to a first to three. And I beat him 3-0, <laughs> and he gives me my trophy back. And, and that was my night at Taco Bell. Wow, dude. <laughs> I didn't know that happened. They did the Ghost of Marvel thing, but, like, official? <laughs> I, I can't Clockwork challenged that, Clock, that's yeah. never I've never seen that happen in an Evo champion before. It's like the developers like I'll challenge you to a fight, and then they, <laughs> like that's a great marketing thing, but also holy shit, that's a once in a lifetime experience for you. Wow. Yeah, all of that was so. And prior to this, it's Vegas, so uh, my girlfriend and I we got a, got a place to eat. We got all you can eat hot pot, so I'm sweating and I'm full, <laughs> and I look like. 50 pounds heavier than i actually am and, I, and i'm and, and the room is like hot and I'm, I, I don't have a haircut and it's just like i'm looking bad <laughs> and because i feel bad i feel terrible i feel like i'm gonna throw up the whole time <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
I I had no idea that that uh, that the that the Evo finals were like that. I, I just rem I like I remember hearing that the game happened and that you won and that was it. But like yeah, yeah, that's that's, wow. that's pretty much like I remember somebody mentioning it. I think it was in the AZ group or something, and they were just like, oh yeah, we have an Evo champion here too. And I was just like, who? They're just like, oh AJ, and I'm just like, what? I was like, yes, I didn't sir. know that. Yeah, that's the story. It's maybe less prestigious but more interesting. Yeah, know, yeah, for sure. A normal EO champion. <laughs> I definitely a point of conversation. I mean, the idea yeah. of Clockwork, because Clockwork is a really fucking good player, like like all, one of the all time greats of any kind of Marvel game. Um, and now he's a game developer, and like, and so to beat him at the game that he made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well played, sir. Well played. There, yeah. there was a side quest, um, in in the fighting game community known as Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, where. I also, um, I beat Clockwork before and stuff in that game too. Um, nice. I, I'd been doing actually pretty okay in that game as well, but I, I wasn't I wasn't too afraid of Clockwork because he'd been doing de developer streams and stuff, and I'd run in there and I'd snipe, and it'd be really funny actually. But uh, <laughs> that he'd like come up there, and actually while I was running a train in casuals, he came up to me. He's like, and and I was like, hey man, are we gonna get to play? He said, oh, I'll probably play you eventually. <laughs> and he, and I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> he probably, yeah, he's like, that. this kid's going to win. <laughs> and then I get to yeah. play. That's so cool. I mean, it, was, it was pretty dominant. You know, I only lost two games, I think, or, or three games in general. Uh, one was to Jack O'Man because my buttons were bad. So, <laughs> yeah, Hopefully. I mean, regardless of the number of entrants, I mean, you know, Evo is a gathering of like the best of the best. I mean, you know, it's just like. Even if it's a twenty-man ST tournament, it's like it's probably you know eighteen to twenty people that are still playing that game hardcore and still know their stuff. Absolutely, and, you know it's a, it's an accomplishment in itself, man. Oh well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I I I frequently like lean on uh, like game mechanics and as as far as like conversation for these kinds of episodes, but like um, the mental aspect of of being a competitor in a fighting game is like it, it it dwarfs the, the the mechanics like by and large so like the idea of like being a uh, a strong player and then being able to sit in front of a crowd in an environment that you haven't played in before in a stadium where people are cheering like cheering and screaming and you're sweating from hot pot like <laughs> those it's kinds the of experiences worst food. <laughs> to, to play before that it was it was absolutely the worst possible choice <laughs> But the, the mental <laughs> fortitude that comes from like not getting a fucking panic attack from doing that kind of stuff, like it, it's there. There's a there's like a a common thread that I've seen from talking with players like yourself or Angelic or Latif or Scott or you know S and K um, about like an Abe too. Like just thinking it like the confidence and the like the ability to even like recount the story, right? Like you can, you can look back on it and cut your ego out of it. You can look back on it and, and understand the mental fortitude that was required for that situation and understand that you didn't meet that, but you were still powered through it anyway. Right? Like I, that those are experiences I think that are really rare in our community. We all like to play these games, but to play at the highest level at the, the, the world stage, um, I'd, I don't I, I have yet to do that. I, I don't think um, a lot of people in our scene have done that. Um, and so it's really worth celebrating and pointing that out that you have you've been up the, on that stage multiple times now, I guess. Well, the, sorry, the league was a was that an online event or was that an in-person event, too? Yeah. So that is also crazy. 
because it was online, right? Okay. It was during the pandemic. That's also nuts. You talk about ego. That was a major place that I had to grow from to be able to take that one, I think. You know, I, my ego has always been pretty bad. Like I said, you know, I always had a pretty big chip on my shoulder because for some reason no one had was like mentioning me in terms of of uh, video games. And and I couldn't see it past myself to be like, well, I don't post on social media. I don't tell anybody about these things and I don't go out to, to really anything. So, of course, that'd be the way that it is. But more than anything, um, I just I had to get to a point where I'm not looking for validation or uh, approval go. through my my gameplay. And I'm just I'm really happy to be there. I'm happy to see some of my closest friends actually every time to play some of my favorite video games. Um, and I think just some some mental germs that I had from back then, just the idea of like the only way to have fun is through winning and stuff that that stuff really kept me behind, I think, because that's not true. I, in fact, once you get to a certain point, winning can on, on, it's almost just like relief. It's just relief. It's not even fun anymore, you know, and, and mm. that's Wh yeah, a winning is less productive than losing. I think that's that's a, a, a reality a realization I came to recently. Um, and that like if you if you frequently just go and try to find people that you can win against, then you're never gonna find someone to like battle like battle test your your strategies when you play against someone. You need somebody to like to kick your ass really in order to actually get mm -hmm. better. Um and I'll think a lot of people, whether it's ego or fear or anxiety, I I I'm guilty of that too. Like I will like, if you're afraid of losing, then you're not going to, you're not going to improve. Right. And so a lot of people like to just sit in that winning category and then only play people of a certain level. And then they plateau and they ask themselves, you know, why am I not getting any better? It's because you're not playing better players um, because you're only trying to stick in your, in your, you know, big fish in a small pond. And so that small pond could be your, you know, your friend group. It could be your local scene. It could be your online friend group. It could be the online regional scene. I don't know. But like, as if as as long as you stop, like if you stop trying to find better opponents, you stagnate. And if you stop, uh, I guess what am I trying to say? If you're if you're afraid of losing, basically, your 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 ego's in the way, and you're done. You're like you're not going to get any better unless you go out there and you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing. But the other thing was to also that getting better and and winning at the video games is not actually the most important thing for for video games right it's just to have fun you're there to kill time mostly and getting better and having um money matches and having all these crazy high stakes is is a side effect of you having fun putting time into the game and doing you don't even really have to do well to get to those stages really um but good point yeah yeah it's it's i think i think winning perhaps is overvalued um in in this community yeah i mean yeah. i would agree because i mean a lot of like you said a lot of people are looking for that validation right or they're they're looking for like a reason to kind of validate why they do what they do yeah especially if they don't kind of yeah thing. especially if they don't if they don't win a lot like you know yeah. you see that you see that all the time and i'm just like i don't know it's just like maybe because i'm i'm one of the older ones in the group but it's just like for me i kind of got to a point to where like 
I wasn't necessarily worried about winning. Winning, like I kind of felt like um, I was had to make fun of it because it's you know it's my it's my tag grandmaster B, and I was like I was just like I'm a B level player, like <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll own up to that, and I'm the gatekeeper, I'm the I'm the old vet, and like you know I hold my own against some of the top players here and there, but for the most part, like there's a certain level that I expect of myself just because of how much time I'm able to put in. And I'm okay with that. Like, that's something I'm perfectly fine with. And like, I've talked to, or I've heard a lot of people talk about like, well, I want to be at this level. And it's like, well, how much time are you putting in? How much are you willing to sacrifice? How much, you know, work are you putting in to attain that level? And if you're not putting that, that effort into it, like, how can you expect that of yourself? And how are you going to, how can you put yourself down for that when you're not, putting in that much into this you know what i mean and it's just like that's just been a big thing for me like that i've i don't know probably since i've gotten to arizona 10 years ago was just like i didn't come in with any expectations that i was gonna walk through these guys or anything like that like i've had good results here and there and it's just like but it's never something that's kind of like just killed my fun for a game like if i'm not having fun i'm not gonna play a game like that's just me it's just like oh i'm not having fun like you bring you know marvel 3 is a big thing in in your in your career and it's just like I, I love playing marvel 3 i'm complete ass at it i've i've lost 30 40 games in a row to people but like i'm having a ball and like that to me is the biggest thing because it's like you know that guy's probably like man this guy's not learning anything or he just keeps doing the same patterns or doing the same crap and i'm just like whatever it's like if i can get that one hit and get a combo off like i'm perfectly happy like i'm having a ball and furthermore like how many of your favorite fgc memories are of you winning I have, I have my, 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 well, that's probably one of my favorites, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're up there. They're for sure yeah. going to be up there. But are they all of them? Are they close to all of them? No. Yeah. I'm thinking nights at Denny's. Um, <laughs> spending time with friends, catching up after 10 years on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite memories is one time me and Aziz Akbar, we gaslit little Steve into thinking that Ryu was a good character. You know, in in Marvel Three, <laughs> <laughs> poor little Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good times. You know, it was you and him. You and him, like you guys, got all of our like, uh, uh, we're gonna treat you like kids thing. Uh, I remember that era too, and I was just like, <laughs> I, 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 because I, I think I was like in my early early to early to mid twenties when when you and Steve started showing up, and I didn't know how to like interact mm -hmm. with kids at that point i think you did really. a great job i think you did a great job i think you made it feel like an actual safe place uh i appreciate that um i uh it's it's interesting i think that that we're you know one point i wanted to make actually i'm gonna just rapidly shift shift topics here is that um i i did get to see you go from a middle schooler to a high schooler to a college student and you know yeah. now you're, you're a working <laughs> professional an evo champion um and I always found it funny that skills that kills abbreviates to SDK and you ended up, yep. you know, with given your career field. <laughs> so, yeah. That's partially why I switched mostly to SDK actually. Yeah. That's, that's a great catch. Okay. Uh, SDK stands for software development kit for a lot of, uh, a lot of people, but also stands for still skills that kills. So everything works. <laughs> yes, sir. It worked out exactly. Cool. Well, I, I do want to hear a little bit more about the Power Rangers competitive community, but we are running lower on time. And I had some just general questions about the game as a whole. Um, and uh, so maybe in a, in a future show, we'll have you back on and we'll talk through about what the world championship was like or the, 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 the online championship for the, 
for the battle battle for the grid league was like um but you know again i i have some experience in versus games um right but yeah i uh in general like i uh, benny opened the show saying like i i don't really care for team games anymore and i've been trying to trying to figure out like why that is uh and i i ultimately just lean on the excuse of you know i don't want to play more than one character and i don't want to focus on more than one character for a uh for my opponent but i'd like to hear from you as somebody who's played a variety of team games over the years um like what what about a 3v3 attracts you to a fighting game compared to a 1v1 and then as well as a 2v2 like what 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 do you like about power rangers or marvel 3 or any of the 3v3 games like that's different than other fighting games yeah, um, it's a lot of things that shouldn't be unique to 3v3 fighting games, but just kind of are. So expressive movement and expressive decision-making, I think, are two of the key key reasons why I would, I would gravitate towards those games. Those games um, don't have to be the only place where those are, but for some reason, a lot of the other games are, are uh, the 1v1 games are a lot slower, and they're more homogenized to certain play styles. I, I liken it a lot to card games in, in 3v3 format where you have a lot of deck ar archetypes that all kind of coexist at the top, at least in the healthy meta. Okay. Um, and, and building a team is a lot like building a deck. You can just pretty much think of your characters as like, you know, it's a three character deck or something like that. And you just put it together and that's, that's what you got, you know, whereas with a one V one game, a lot of it, depending on how the game works, sometimes you have to learn, 1v1 matchups at a really really deep level and sometimes you might have to pick multiple multiple characters um i was uh, i was an nrs player uh, as sometimes as well I, I played injustice and sure. that was a game where you had to play a bunch of different characters and you had to know all of them like really 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 well um and some of the minutiae in 1v1s gets kind of hairy i don't know if you play tekken and stuff but those move lists are pretty gigantic sure it's, yeah, and and just the when I was playing Street Fighter Four, also the there are, there are really specific interactions because that's what one v one will ultimately boil down to is is these kind of point one percent optimizations that you can make on your opponent. Okay. Either that, or it becomes very homogenized, and they make a lot of the characters kind of feel samey, so that they gravitate in a direction that's easier to balance. Um, not not to say that they're lacking any kind of personality or anything like that but certain certain games especially in the modern generation kind of force you towards playing a certain way you can't pick different win conditions and and win with them anymore you, you can't be like oh i'm gonna play, pick phoenix and my if i get to five bars i win kind of deal you have to <laughs> yeah i mean you have to pick a certain kind of win condition in most of these games and then just you you're kind of boxed in i think okay if i could unpack that a little bit here so mm -hmm. there there's a it, it seems like for 1v1 games that the, the characters have a lot more i hate to use this word but it feels like they have a lot more depth to them and sometimes yeah it, those yeah. unique interactions that you're talking about is, is the depth that i'm talking about that makes them more complicated and there's more nuanced right mm -hmm. and i i actually think one of the 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 strengths of a 3v3 game or a team-based game in general is that because the characters are more shallow, you can get closer to the expression between the two players uh, much faster. 
um, in that my team isn't, you know, zero Dante Virgil, it's zero may cry. And so I play, end up playing a cohesive team. And then that the, the individual characters don't have to be deep. It's the, the team itself that's deep. And then yeah. in turn, that that's the card de- card game deck that you're talking about, where it's like my deck has a built in win condition um, and I'm trying to execute that win condition independent of the matchup, so to speak, less dependent on the matchup than, than a one V one game. Am I, am I out base on that one? Or does that seem like a, a decent I, comp- yeah. roundabout? I'd say that obviously you're always playing towards a win condition. Everyone's trying to win somehow. Right. Sure. And where, where I would say with street fighter, it's just, everybody's playing towards the same win condition in the, you know, depending on whatever meta is, whether it's, it's, uh, achieving, you're beating them through honest footsies, right. That's a win condition or something. Sure. Um, I want to hit V trigger and, and, and go crazy and explode my opponent. That's another win condition that a lot of characters have and is, is very similar. Um, yeah, I think the depth that you're talking about, it's, that's, that's, probably also a more nuanced topic because again those things don't have to be exclusive to 1v1s and and 3v3s right arguably if you count it the most successful 1v1 fighting game is smash bros (laughs) yeah that's true that's right um which you you wouldn't say that they don't have depth because because that's not true that's just patently like false right yeah um but yeah, the 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 nuance of the interactions gets a lot more magnified, I think, in in one v ones, especially within teeny tiny interactions. My my stand forward has like a little gap underneath its foot, so you right. can sneak in your yeah. your sweep and that kind of thing. Well, so you know, you mentioned the the homogeneity as well of like you know how a lot of Street Fighter characters they kind of they fit that archetype, and you just kind of have to stick with that, but. I've noticed in in three v three games, particularly Marvel and Dragon Ball, the ones that I'm most familiar with, uh, there's a concept of shells that happens a lot, where you have like a you know a yeah. Doom Virgil shell or a, uh, a Zero Dante shell or, or a Dante something shell. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah. And in a lot of like I, I remember, like isn't isn't Surge's team Deadpool Dante Strider? Like so, it is. you could put anybody in front of Dante Strider and they'd be good. Um, so it's yeah. and Deadpool apparently is really good. So shout out to Surge for finding that shit out. <laughs> but like, what I'm trying to say is like, isn't everyone's kind of pursuing homogeneity anyway in the team-based game by per, in the pursuit of shells? Is that even a thing in Power Rangers? Is are there shells in Power Rangers? Well, the Power Rangers is a strange case, right? There are shells and and whatnot, but the the express I should, I should I should lean away from from esoteric terms like like uh, expressivity and stuff. Let me say. The freedom that you have within when you can tag um, makes it so it it matters less. Okay. Um, and and there are some tools that are given to a lot of people in or characters in that cast to where you can do well with quite a few characters. But yeah, you should you should always have a couple of the top tiers on your team. And I think that it doesn't necessarily mean character choice, right? Character choice, I think gets conflated with with homogeneity you see five virgils or five zeros in top eight or whatever but if they're all playing differently i don't really think that that's the same thing again i i it's it's kind of fringe but melee right um you we're not all on the same page if that's a fighting game or not but i think it's it's kind of similar enough to where you can draw the conclusion but agree 
you know, there'll be a bunch of foxes and marths in the top eight. There's only a couple characters who are going to to ever see that, you know. And I guess you have some some exceptions, like a, like a Amsa or or an Axe or something. But yeah. for the most part, you have the top tier characters in in the top tier of the results all play differently. Okay. Where you know a game like Street Fighter Five, uh it's it's more about like who can do the thing better. Like the 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 way that you play Street Fighter Five is is very similar approaches, but who can do that approach the best? You know, that's yeah, who, who, I, I, like how there's yeah. a zoning archetype or the Shoto archetype, and yeah. you just play the best of that character of that archetype, right? Like Luke or or Sim. Why why play Minot when you can play Sim? Why play Akuma when you can play Luke? Right. At another level, I don't think that there's a lot of real like zoning zoning in that game, and a lot of it does kind of kind of fall back to like, um, well, I don't know what kind of distance you call it. Maybe crouch strong range, if you can picture that in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, at the distance where two characters are are relatively close to each other, mostly, which is which is I would say a departure from a lot of games where. Um, in Street Fighter, where you, you'd probably be like a fireball away at you know at the range where maybe you could jump in on somebody's fireball and smack them in the face kind of deal. This mm -hmm. this is one of the, those games where because it's up close most of the time, even for the zoners, um, you know, Dalsim is still usually going to do crouch heavy punch into like EX flame, and he's going to run a whole bunch of mix. It's not really what I would call zoning, you know. Sure. Or, or it, it's not yeah. the primary win condition. All the primary win conditions end up being around like pressure and being plus. And yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I, I had a couple other questions about Power Rangers, and I'm just going to try to squeeze them in because I know we're low on time here. Um, yeah. So is there... Well, actually, let me take a step back. So while we were talking about this... Um, this this particular topic topic about shells it kind of got me thinking about shells is the wrong way to put it it's more like roles where like in marvel 3 those shells that i was talking about like doom virgil is a good example where doom played a, an assist role and virgil played an anchor role and very rarely would they leave that they could leave that and if you know someone with doom on point could go ham but by and large yeah. like they were stuck in those roles is power rangers you mentioned that it's because of the freedom of tagging does does power rangers have like a like a the concept of a assist character only or a, or a anchor character only or is it that fluid where they can you switch between them freely and everybody can play a bunch of different roles you eventually get to the roles right but you just don't have to start them in that order which is i think pretty interesting because you can tag your anchor out at any point after the 99 gambit or whatever let's say that you know virgil Virgil has a pretty good round start in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 due to his uh, ability to option select uh, throws Helm both breaker. on the ground and the air. Yeah. But it's kind of seen as a waste sometimes because, yo, you don't get Virgil anchor. But in yeah. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, you could run somebody with a really strong opening gambit and then immediately rotate them to the back so that they're most of the time playing that assist role. The way that I ended up playing it okay. was I played my support character uh, in, in quotes, um, in the front, so I play the the ninety nine gambit there, the opening gambit between the opponent. I'd immediately switch out to my second character, and then I would I, I'd run my game plan from there, you know. But yeah, you're switching out all the time, so that you can actually control which way your team ends up by the end of the match a lot easier. Um, 
but they all have pretty set defined roles, although you won't find as big a struggle, I guess, you know, with with some of the characters uh, compared to like a Marvel 2 or Marvel 3 kind of deal. Okay, fair enough. And then in the chat here, Nam is mentioning that we're talking about functions and not roles. (laughs) I'm like, hey, yeah, what roles do the X-Men fill in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, Nam? Hey. (laughs) Ouch, that's harsh. Oh, man. I love you, Dom. <laughs> we need to have him back on the show, too. We should do like an all, well, yeah, uh, like a little Marvel reunion. I was going to say all Asians, and then I was like, that's, that's too much. And then I'm like, you yeah. know what? Fuck it. That's what it would be. <laughs> I, I had a question like in a terms lot. of, uh, yeah, in terms of Power Rangers. I was like, was there any, like, um, did you have any attachment to like Power Rangers? Did you watch it growing up or anything like that before you started playing it at all? Or was it just like you just saw it as a fighting game and were like, this looks, you know, I want to play this. Um, I, I didn't have a huge uh, attachment to them. I, I liked the aesthetics of some some of them. I think I wound up with a couple of Power Rangers action figures over the over the years and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe anyone would, right? Just by existing and like buying yeah. some toys, you, you you get them sometimes. But no, I didn't have a huge um, attachment to the Power Rangers franchise, and yet I'm here. Here I am. I'm a homeowner because <laughs> I played a Power Rangers video game. <laughs> oh really crazy uh, or wait we gotta talk is that related more to the league or to evo that's with the league because that ended up being like a 10k prize yeah and stuff. I, I was just i was just looking at that yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think you're probably the only person i know that's that's bought a home with tournament winnings in arizona um, yeah at, at least for like closing prices and stuff that yeah. i mean i obviously had my own like money saved up and stuff but it in that climate that was it came in really clutch to to cover off all the closing costs and whatnot oh, wait, so oh yeah it was during the pandemic too you bought a house during, during the, pandemic. the pandemic when the yeah, well, was, the market yeah, was it, like <laughs> yeah pretty much like i'm i'm here so like, be, that's that's what happened i mean wow like, congratulations uh, uh, i want to find out more about that someday yeah. <laughs> that's it that'd be an interesting thing to look at in terms of like um, winnings like who's who's won the most winnings in Arizona like I mean just the fact that you won a five figure pot like I think that might even put you at the top already because <laughs> there's yeah, all that and... talk about Evo and like Evo prize pot is nothing and like our highest placers was Latif in 2011 with a second in Street Fighter and Angelic with a couple third places and it's just like you know there, there's not a ton of money in that so I know I know that Armando got less for that the first Evo he got third in less than than the power rangers one i know that it was yeah. it wasn't See, a that's what i'm saying like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might you might as or clips of all just nobody that one that other world championship yeah, yeah and they weren't stingy either with other pot prizes like leading up to it too so it was still like oh, a couple wow. thousand and i was streaming a lot more and stuff so you'd get a couple hundred and stuff from there it was really bonkers like that side of things is where that part got crazy something that i never really would have thought about and stuff but yeah i have like a liquipedia page you can check my earnings and stuff yeah yeah, that's, oh, yeah no that's, shit. That's, that's what i was wow. looking at yeah that's that's where i looked it up <laughs> the more yeah, things change and... the more they stay the same i just continually <laughs> just get decided uh, get get surprised by hey aj did really well in fighting games it's just just like 10 years ago hey AJ did <laughs> yeah, really well a, i'm, I'm exactly in the same spot nobody has any <laughs> no one would put me up there i think if they were thinking about like the arizona like top players or whatever like that but statistically hey i'm not doing too bad yeah well it'll be it'll be on the record of the absolute guard podcast at least (laughs) very cool very cool well uh we're about out of time here so um 
What do you have any shout outs or anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I mean, follow me, I guess, on Twitter, skills that kills six. Um, with two Z's, two Z's, skills <laughs> that kills. Yes, both of them have have Z's in there. Yep. Um, and then you know, obviously, shout out to my amazing girlfriend who had been with me through the whole ride and, and really kind of you know pushed me forward and and allowed me to to realize my my final form oh and, yeah i mean that taco bell yeah. story is crazy right like i mean who, who would be sitting in the middle of a taco bell and you're with your girlfriend and you're like i think i could win this and like how many other girlfriends would have been like you're crazy like you're you're talking out of your you know whatever you know yep. she's just like well let's go then you know yeah <laughs> and she uh, she drove and everything like she was like really down for it Nice. Go home and family That's man awesome, used man. to be like a really <laughs> go home and be a family man used to be a really big thing in our community. Like you would just hit a point where you just left the community because you, you know, got a girlfriend and had kids or whatever. But nowadays, like the there are people that are still in the fighting game community because their spouses are really supportive. And uh, I think all three of us on this call have that <laughs> that experience. So thank you, thank you for letting us play these games. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, cool. We'll, we'll call it here. Thanks very much for being on the show, AJ. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, see ya. Hopefully. See y'all.